0: Welcome to Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 9,
1: Episode 9, titled Adaptation. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? Uh, I really liked the Charlie Kaufman-inspired flavor that was injected in this episode. It was uh, quite something. Um, Actually, I I don't know, stop me if I sound too crazy, but I thought this was a genuinely good episode of The Walking Dead from start to finish. It had uh you know everything i think there's a little bit of some some rocky road that we got here to like this place in negan's development and um I, I still think it's kind of annoying that we don't know what the hell is going on as far as the key conflict amongst the groups but uh i really really enjoyed it there was a lot of tension um there was a lot of um i mean i, I thought the the Whisperers continue to be very a creepy addition and like a, a a truly alien kind of thing that they've introduced into the Walking Dead. That's like makes a certain amount of twisted sense. Um, unlike the Trash People, I was always waiting for that to <laughs> then to turn that corner. Um, but yeah, they're they're doing a pretty good job at integrating the new folks. Um, I yeah, I mean I I kept on noting. Throughout my the episode, places where the old Walking Dead would have gone wrong. For example, I think this happens in season seven, and the, you just have a, a a whole episode of Negan fucking around, finding himself. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe three episodes. Who knows? May, maybe three episodes. But there's a lot of stuff where, like, when they're doing, everyone's kind of eulogizing Jesus. Like, I've it's it's rare to see. An episode pause and like watch people's reaction to something, someone important dying. Um, you know, usually it's some faceless mook that gets off and then everybody's making shit up about them, or someone dies in like this frantic situation and everyone just has to move on. So, like, I, I, I really, I don't know, I, I really like it. I think this is a, you know, it's not the greatest television ever, maybe it's a solid, good episode. What do you think?
0: Uh, I, I didn't have any major problems with it. I think it does engage in some of the, uh, Walking Deadisms of of past. Uh, I I don't know how in the world Judith was able to find Negan outside of the gates who let her out. Is is Lori back and and running a daycare center here? Um, I I, <laughs> I have some problems with where they might be going with Aaron and Michonne uh, as far as the moralizing potential. But yeah, Um, I mean, it, it was a pretty good episode. I, I enjoyed watching Negan go and survey, you know, his old home and see that, okay, Judith is right. There's nothing out here for me. Uh, the world has moved on without me. Um, and now it looks different. And now, you know, he's kind of up in the air. Like what, what is his new life going to be? Uh, does he want to go back and just be a prisoner? Does he want to go back and try and reintegrate into this society? Uh, and that's going to be a long road obviously but yeah it's it's got some good some good stuff that it's doing uh along with you know maybe a couple of uh, a couple of uh
1: walking dead ingredients in the mix that mm-hmm. aren't quite as tasty yeah no i'm really excited to see what they do with negan like are they going to do some kind of like um work release program yeah. where he can go out under debt you know and the, he's under like light guard and he can you know uh, cultivate tomatoes and and do physical labor and help the community, and then he goes back and and, and gets tucked into the prison at night. And then ha- how long does that last until he gets potentially paroled for good behavior? I mean, these mm. are like super exciting questions. Uh, and how uh, will uh, and I, 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 yeah? And I'm also interested in seeing like the different ways that the kids are growing up. Like they showed the kind of callow, protected youth of Hilltop. You see a fucked up way to grow up in this, uh, Lydia, you know, whisperer woman. Mm. Um, if she's even telling the truth, uh, you've got Henry who is a good and virtuous and strong person, but he's just wretchedly naive. And then you've got Judith, um, I like I said I I think all this stuff is inherently interesting and they're not like constantly making me slap my fe- fe- head and think how stupid things are. In fact, a sure. lot there's a little you know it's like I thought it was interesting where you know Michonne's like hey I got to get. You know, and and at first you think this is just like, well, I've overstayed my welcome. This is just hilltop awkwardness. And like people kind of raise their eyebrows. And then she says, no, I just, you know, Alexandra has to be warned about this new startling development among zombies. And everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because it fucking does. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, she would be remiss if she didn't go back to her community and say, hey, there are intelligent, quote unquote, zombies. Hear me out. Um, Because the way you handle those. Is gotta be different than the way you handle a, a standard herd of walkers as we saw in this episode mm-hmm. and, and previous episodes. So I yeah, I'm I I'm excited to see what ends up happening here. Um and I'm genuinely looking forward to next week's episode. I mean, if if
0: next week's episode is the community fair, I'm genuinely looking forward to it because there's some great developments <laughs> on that front here. Like I I, oh, sure. I can't even wait for this
1: fair and I know it won't be next week. It'll be the end of the season, but we're not going to get the two man band if it's next week, you know, cause they got, they got waylaid by whispers. Yeah. We got to uh... get, I, we got to
0: get symphony of awesome in there.
1: <laughs> well, see, there's the key symphony. You just get, bring all the whisperers on board. They just need a hobby.
0: Okay. Yeah. Get you them know, in a choir. You get, like, yeah, like what's chorus. a
1: what's a big band? Wasn't like Chumbawamba like had thirty people in it? Like you just get a you get a yeah. Chumbawamba style, sure. You know that's about the caliber <laughs> I think we can expect of the yeah. Renaissance Fair. <laughs> they wouldn't even have to change the costumes. Just you know, <laughs> you know, take off the zombie mask, come as you are, do some tub. That's tub that's thumping. not. That's,
0: yeah, that's not Chumbawamba. Come as you are is a different <laughs> band. Uh, uh, okay, let's get into the recap. Uh, we start this, off with. Aaron putting Jesus down for good as they all make their way out of the graveyard. This kind of picks up exactly where we left off last episode. Um, And then completely competent headband, bow girl saves Michonne's life. Uh, There's not a lot to this scene, but Jesus is definitely dead.
1: Gets- it's funny because when they showed his face and it looked like there was some blood trickling still out of his chest wound and there was like all this lightning thundering and I, I kept on going back to like the Frankenstein like he's alive. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he is. He's going to be why open with this if not. And then Aaron pikes him and I'm like, ah, no, he's he's yeah. he's he's actually dead, which again, progress of the walking dead. Mm-hmm. Um and then I thought they're going to have to leave. They're going to leave Jesus, which I thought was pretty brutal. But uh, now they they pick him up and go. Um, yeah. But um, I, I also the what do you call? So uh, what are we going to call these guys? The Whispers, I guess. Um, I mean, that's that's thought, what they're called in the graphic novels. Um,
0: yeah. I I was trying uh, to avoid using that name because I don't know. It's it the accurate spoiler-y. label for them. They haven't like, said whispering- it. whispering
1: yeah they're zombies they're whisper they're whispering um in fact i i i wonder in universe because again i haven't read the comics i wonder if that's what the whisperers call themselves or if that was kind of like the walker label that like well they're with what do you call them they're whispering walkers they're whisperers yeah Um, i I haven't read the
0: the comic uh books for that part of the story either mm -hmm. so i don't know if like
1: that's just a colloquialism among the survivors
0: um or if they call themselves that but
1: but um i wondered when this guy was at the front of the walker pack and he kind of like slyly unlocks the gate which i thought was pretty cool and creepy but it made me think of like all the scenes we've seen of zombies like on the front line like beating down a door or whatever and there's like a hundred zombies behind him they're pushing we've always said like that's that's actually surprising a lot of force and uh real humans it's dangerous to be up front like you know uh you ever seen one of those horrific videos of, like, a structure fire and there's too many people in for the exits and they get crushed up against the doors? You, you literally get crushed to death. I wonder how many Whisperers have died because they accidentally – it's like, oh, I'm going to get up here and lead the zombies to oh, – wait, I can't. Oh, there's no there's no lock here. Oh, I, uh, and then they just become real walkers. Yeah. Uh, oh, can you I don't imagine know, that? You kill a walker and it's wearing a walker skin
0: as a mask. <laughs> what yeah. must you think? <laughs>
1: they're evolving they're <laughs> to evolving. wear they're, each
0: other's
2: they're,
1: skin Ugh. yeah they they have adaptations it is weird because I, I just can't wait to get more insights into the culture and like the religious practice of these because like what, what Lydia has said in this episode is pretty batshit, you mm-hmm. know um, but makes, makes a certain uh, kind of sense so I just wonder like are they philosophical about because yeah if you fuck up like go and scratch your nose the wrong way or you you tr- you imagine if you stub your toe on a rock and you're like god damn it and then the the herd just turns on you tears you apart yeah like where's your they protect us we protect them there um i'm 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 very curious to see if if any of that stuff is addressed or we're just getting to know more about this culture
0: yeah uh i'm interested to see where they take these characters because the potential I see here and the, the potential they're kind of hinting at is the ability to round up a whole bunch of walkers and turn them into a herd. Um, and you yeah. can see with an intelligent force behind that, how the Walker herds could get truly enormous um, and mm-hmm. could be truly devastating to communities. So yeah, I wonder if there's going to be some to, grand it, battle, like, like we saw at the prison, right? With tanks and stuff, except this yeah. time it's all herd.
1: Yeah, and and the herd can do feints and counterattacks and pincher maneuvers and mm-hmm. outflank you. Like it's it's uh, potentially terrifying. It's like necromancy, you know. <laughs> yeah, in a way, for sure. Um, it's like some armies of the dead action going on here. All right, then we go to Negan celebrating his
0: newfound freedom by eating a tomato from the Alexandria gardens. He goes into that's Michonne's. that's
1: a that's a Carl Dream tomato that he's eating. <laughs> really, I mean the this. The symbolism is rich. Yeah, I remember we talked about that uh, mm. Rick's uh, the Carl's dream tomato getting crushed beneath someone's foot in the earlier episode. This mm. is Negan eating, partaking of Carl's dream tomatoes. And I, I don't know. I don't know where the symbolism is there, but uh, they look juicy.
0: Uh, so he goes into Michonne's house, disguises himself, apparently waits for daylight, I guess. I don't know. He, he goes in in darkness. He comes out in daylight and tries to hop the fence. Uh, Judith catches him, gives him a speech at gunpoint about why she should let him go. And she lets him go when he promises not to hurt anyone. And she also lets him keep the compass that he stole.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I liked, I thought this is a a lot of good stuff here. Like he breaks into the Grimes house. He's wearing Rick's signature outfit, the jeans and the, the tan shirt. Um, he, you know, and and you can tell he's doing it kind of like in a sense of irony or even cruelty. But then like his heart's just never in it. Like when he sees Judith's picture and sees like all the Grimes family and, you know, my family will always be there. Um, He just like every bit of this episode tells you the story of a man who realizes that this just isn't the path for him. Mm-hmm. But he's got to see for himself, you know, because also he thinks he, he also realizes his 10 by 10 cell is is not a life for him either. Um, what? So I know that you have a problem with Judith being too big for her britches. Mm-hmm. Uh, this gun way too big for anyone's britches. <laughs> sure, uh, it's this this cannon's bigger than she is. Uh, uh what did you think about their confrontation? It, yeah, I mean, this is adults writing for children poorly. Uh,
0: I, I just I just think Judith is too witty, too insightful, to all the things that writers want to be uh whenever she opens her mouth in this show
1: well it's two things i think number one she reminds me a lot of my my oldest niece because they're about the same age they stomp around in cowboy boots um uh-huh. uh and and they talk real sassy and and real adult um and two um they i noticed this this episode that she has a lot of like lori in her I thought the way they cast her where she just really looks and even kind of sounds a little bit uh like the the dearly departed um burrito fest throwing Lori and I enjoyed that How bit of he, casting. Hmm. How would she get any of Lori's qualities? <laughs> Why? Like, I, what do you I mean? I get that
0: she's half Lori, oh, you know. Well, yeah, I mean for sure, but also she's never known her mother
1: like Oh, I don't know. Do you think, man, it's nature versus nurture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's, uh, plus she was raised by people who knew Lori. And I, I wonder how many times she's heard from her dad, was she? And from Michonne. How, that, like her dad that's is
0: literally the only one who knew Lori, I
1: think. No, uh, Michonne did. Like Michonne was, Lori didn't die till the prison season. And Michonne was with them since the second half of season two. Yeah. I guess she knew her for a little bit. Uh, For a little bit, Michonne,
0: yeah. Michonne's very different. Uh, I don't know. It, it strikes me as a little odd that she would know uh, that she would act like her mother based on any kind of stuff we've seen in the show. But yeah, yeah. maybe it's the nature thing. Maybe you know, yeah. you get the genes.
1: You get the genes that don't let her behind the wheel of a car. That's all I know. So she just puts her hand on that that pi- Python, and like all the all the ancestral knowledge of the Grimes family flows into her. Uh like some kind of magic sword. (laughs) Uh, so this guy who I know his real name, I'm not going to use it. Stradivarius, uh, I called him the professor. I was calling him the professor (laughs) throughout the notes. I thought that's a pretty good, pretty good nickname. (laughs) Professor Stradivarius roams the hilltop as Tara,
0: (laughs) better Enid and some others go, uh, plan to go out and look, uh, for Michonne and Jesus and the rest. And the professor volunteers to help them look, uh, he is seriously going to make a two-hand Luke joke in a community that includes Aaron.
1: This Ooh. motherfucker.
0: He, he insensitive at least. <laughs>
1: um, did you I thought he said cool hand. He was making a cool hand Luke.
0: I thought he said <laughs> two-hand Luke, which I know cool maybe, hand Luke is a maybe thing, he but was a
1: thing. Right, right, right. Maybe maybe he was. Uh, oh, maybe I misheard. Two, two-hand Luke. <laughs> that is pretty cruel. Um, <laughs> did you did you did you finally see the bicycle powered clothes washing machine? No. I missed it. Oh, he slapped at the seed, man! I was so excited to see the return of the. I, and it's it, it's out in front of the mansion, so I feel like it's the communities. That's the laundromat. It's just it. Uh-huh. It's just it's just a washing tub with a you know. And instead of putting it in quarters, you have someone ride it for you. Nice. Um, but I don't know. I I, I like. Uh, first of all, Professor Stradivarius sounds like a character from a Call of Cthulhu role playing game session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's the one that, that has all the arcane knowledge. But um, I, I like how this group is trying to make themselves useful right away. And Luke is the one, profess- the professor is the one that uh, um, is probably the not most useful one of the group. And he's trying to make himself that. And uh, Boston Rob will mount up with him. What a guy. Mm-hmm. What a guy.
0: Yeah, it just so happens that they're both slam pieces of, of two of the women in the community. Which will come into play yeah. later.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so we go the back boy to Toys. What's that?
1: The boys the boy toys are off on their own. <laughs> they sure are.
0: Uh so Michonne's group keeps running with the corpse of Jesus in tow. Michonne tells Daryl that she vouches for the new survivors and he's cool with it. He apologizes for not giving her closure on Rick's disappearance and she thanks him for at least trying. Uh Aaron tries to process the death of Jesus while the walkers follow them.
1: You know, what's interesting is because like when I was watching this and I crept on here and Michonne saying this is going to mean a lot to them, I'm like, this is pretty cold blooded that she's using Jesus body like a chit a to be traded. And then I realized by the end of the episode that what she's really saying is like what the difference between the body of your leader and being able to lay him to rest and what happened with them and Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, oh, OK, well, this makes sense because you know, Michonne's yeah. never seemed like she's a particularly cruel asshole. But, um, I, 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 am yeah. I'm, I'm glad they were going for that direction instead of, cause I'm like, geez, this like Michonne, this X shaped scar on her back has really, really fucking changed her. But, um, <laughs> yeah, still no word on doesn't, that doesn't, stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, Daryl, w- what do you make of, because she says to him, I'm sorry, Daryl says, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't do that for you, which, you know, completes the circle. And she says, I'm sorry for the both of us. I thank you for trying. And then for the after. Yeah. And then Daryl squeezes her shoulder. I don't think there's a romantic comfort relationship here. This has to be this has to be related to Oh my God, Daryl donated a kidney to her. That's exactly what happened.
0: I suppose so, but what what happened?
1: Like, like Sadiq did a kidney transplant somehow. I guess you're right. Huh. Y- yeah. I think I I think I just figured it out. I think I just figured it out. Um but why would that but they've always made it seem like that's something that like split the community. Um maybe Maggie needed don't one too. And Daryl only had one to give. <laughs> Daryl has no kidneys now. That's he just gave him yeah. both. He's got yeah. <laughs> he's got a water bottle uh full of charcoal for a kidney now, <laughs> which is why he's super anti alcohol when he's talking to Henry. It all makes sense, Jim. Mm-hmm. He's a double donator. He doesn't give a shit. Um Amazing. All right, we gotta figure it out. We've, we've we've cracked the
0: code. Uh, okay. The group manages to take a hostage from the disguised walkers. That's kind of it. Um, I like the tactics they use here. You know, they're Daryl's aiming for the knees, um, trying to determine which one is a human because they will scream.
1: Yeah, and then as soon as they do, the pack turns on you. That's mm-hmm. pretty fucking brutal. That's pretty brutal. It's amazing they are able to take one alive because these people are fierce, feral, yeah, zombie people. I was a little disappointed that they just
0: leave the knives on the ground. Like that's blacksmith was gonna be pissed off, right?
1: Yeah, it's one more it's one less knife he has to make for sure. Right. Yeah. It's gonna just delay in... the grand opening of uh <laughs> Outback Hilltop Edition for sure. Uh-huh. You know? Um I I wonder also, so again, I'm fascinated by this whisper culture. Um she seems like she instantly goes into scared little girl mode, but this has got to be all just an act. Yeah, so like I, I, so much of this feels like
0: an act to me, and by the end of the episode, I'm still thinking, like, who's playing who here?
1: Yeah, um, and I, I think that they're like there's this kind of cult that's like, you know, people are just bad and they do they're the same as zombies, and here's how you treat zombies, and here's how you treat people, and the only people who are real people are the ones in our group. Um, it's pretty chilling shit. Uh because I honestly it when they started like um commiserating Henry and Lydia started commiserating at the end. I started thinking like, Oh, well maybe there is some humanity in this girl. And then you see this giant ginormous pack of, of whispers. And you know, she's been lying about it the whole time, man. I, like I said, I, I think this is, this was really cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: that, that last scene is really good actually. Um, but we'll get there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Negan relishes the fresh air of freedom and he slays a couple walkers. He also drinks some really bad stream water and gets sick. Uh, two vomits this episode. Mm-hmm. Not a fan, but okay,
1: I get it. Yeah, on screen vomiting, like I guess that's my killing dogs. Like yeah. I know I've seen worse, but like boy, every single time. <laughs> I mean, David you don't, you don't Thulis
0: want... is it David Thulis from Fargo uh, season two? Yes, where yes.
1: He's vomiting in
0: the toilets, and they just they full on show it. It's t- it's terrible.
1: Yeah, and his teeth, and that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like no one also like uh, takes a swig of water afterwards or nothing. Just like yeah, I'm just sick with sit with a sick taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. In Mm. this case, I don't know that you want to take a swig of water afterwards. That's true. If you're Negan, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you can always like. Is it? Like, I've always wondered, like, if you were, like, dying of thirst or just really thirsty, you're not dying of thirst, and you're in the water and you see some some water, can you, like, take a mouthful of that and just kind of hold it in your mouth, swish it around, spit it out? Like, do you get contamination just from that surface contact, or do you have to actually swallow it? Because I feel like... There is, like, this kind of, like, a little bit of, like, refreshment you get from just swishing your mouth with some cool water that uh, maybe you don't have to gulp it down. But I'm also, I guess, a little surprised that people this long in the zombie apocalypse haven't gotten, um, you know, a little bit more resistance to those internal parasites. Mm. Yeah. Because we're certainly capable of drinking water like that. It's just uh, our bodies aren't used to it because we grew up on chlorinated and fluoride, fluor- fluorinated water, so uh i wonder they must be using rain collection systems in the communities right i don't know or they they i mean it's pra- fairly easy to like you can build like big scale filtration systems um yeah that too i've seen like you know small scale like the ones where it's like you know you filter it through like sand and shit and then mm-hmm. but i i guess yeah maybe they, they they boil it uh um i don't know i don't know it's interesting
0: yeah i i These haven't a really taken boiler. Note of boiler water uh purification or collection systems
1: i I wish this was a bit more like Star Trek, where like you know, every week there was a new little gadget, and they'd do a brief explanation of it, and it would be useful in an episode. Like I, I think Walking Dead could do that. Like, hey, look at this uh, bicycle powered washing machine. We uh, just give it a little demonstration, and Maggie or Jesus can be like, hey, good, good work there, Hank. You, you, you're, you know, you're, we're gonna increase our laundry efficiency by fifty percent. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Give him a adable, and yeah, like I, want I need the first more of that. Shirt yeah
0: (laughs) you're looking ripe Uh, How about you get on this thing i probably still wouldn't notice the washing machine honestly even (laughs) if they did that
1: see i see there's two different audiences i i want the technology you just want the the hard-hitting zombie action
0: oh yeah um i like this crispy walker speaking of hard-hitting zombie action uh this one that's been pretty obviously superficially burned i don't know how this works because we've talked about you know in the past dude People die and and they don't become walkers in the sun inside of a locked car uh and yet someone who is set on fire, obviously turns into a walker
1: yeah and and, and like I thought that we've also been established that walkers like exposed to like you know if you catch a zombie on fire, they can walk around or whatever, but like hmm. an instained inferno or sustained inferno rather just boils their brain, so these people were charcoal, yeah. Yeah, like breaking off and shit. I I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works, but it's a really cool gruesome shot. So Absolutely. I guess we'll let it. Maybe maybe that's the real evolution adaptation. Zombies have just slowly developed a uh, you know heat resistance somehow, even though they don't reproduce. Sure, yeah.
0: you could probably use some of that. Maybe like grind up some zombies and stick them in the walls of your house
1: for insulation. That be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's very negan, but sure. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I don't know. Do they generate heat with their movement? Like I know they're not ninety eight point sixing. Surely, surely, don't have the metabolism for that. But
0: probably not. No. All right. Next up, Michonne and the rest arrive back at the hilltop with Jesus' corpse. People want Tara to get justice uh, for his death, and Daryl tells Henry that Jesus is dead, and they begin interrogating their prisoner. Uh, they not not Henry, because Henry is also a prisoner. They don't interrogate him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where did you get the alcohol? <laughs> where are you sneaking off to? Yeah. He's a dare's going to go to work on him after he gets done with uh, Lydia here. If that is her real name, which it almost certainly is not.
0: When they get back, I can't help but think what a bad trade they've made. And, and this is a pattern that I see repeating um, them losing a member outside of the gates, sending a search party and coming back weaker than they were before. Like you just yeah. traded a Jesus for a Eugene that's the worst like if you were if you were trading pokemon and you traded away your pikachu for like a fucking squirtle i don't know or a or a <laughs> mr Hands, whatever the fuck that guy is. a ratata
1: yeah uh-huh. right
0: people are going to look at you and Pidgey. go that was a terrible trade this is a terrible trade
1: yeah yeah the sh- jesus is the shiniest of pikachus here here but i'm gonna defend it okay If you're going to espouse the shit that, like, the Alexander and Hilltop people espouse, where, like, you know, broadly speaking, all men are created equal and inalienable rights and stuff and such and such, like, you can't say that some lives are more important than others because that way leads to aristocracy and despotism. Well, here's the other thing. You don't have to say it. It's just evident. It's (laughs) self-evident. Eugene, like they, they say that Eugene is kind of like the brains behind like their windmill, their watermill, yeah. their bullet reloading system. Like, you know, if if you got a high school science education, then you're ready to contribute in the society, and apparently no one else does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I don't know. I yeah, I think ethically they have to. And then Eugene's a little bit more useful than you'd think as far as like the, the, the brains of technology and technology and kind of like rebooting civilization standards. So it's but but yeah, it is. It can get you in trouble, which is, I think, Michonne's whole fucking point. Exactly. Like, why are we trying to do all this trading and shit when we can be a self-sustaining company uh, uh, behind these walls and then we're safe and protected? Like every time people go out, mm-hmm. go out for a jar of baby food and pe- two people die. What the fuck? You know, so like I, that, that's some of this stuff is making making more and more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it makes sense. On the other hand, hand, would change
0: his mind uh, about it after yeah. having
1: this experience. Yeah, especially since him and Jesus, like you know, I I don't know that they were lovers, but they were certainly close and simpatico yeah. uh, and very good friends. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, hitting really close to him home, I I, I could see him having that kind of maybe it's going to be a knee jerk because I, I I also don't think that Aaron's the type of guy who's just going to preach isolation forever.
0: Um, so we'll see. I, I mean, yeah, that, that's what I'm worried about is we're going to have another couple seasons of Morgalizing
1: uh, over. But see, that's this if new it's a, thing. if it's, if it's a political process, like imagine if there's parties within Alexander, you got isolationists and expansionists. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like Morgalizing, but it's also something where you can play politics. You can recruit people. You can, if you just got one crazy guy that vacillates between, you can't kill everyone. <laughs> well, you that's clear everything, key, right? It's the vacillation. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's going back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah, yeah. and back and forth and just like, being so wishy-washy yeah. about it. That's the morgalizing that I know. And I
1: well, hope that you, we won't if, start that. If Aaron, if Aaron keeps doing that, I'm going to start calling him Mr. Burr, uh, <laughs> after his <laughs> Hamilton namesake. <laughs> yeah. Take a stand, man. Come on. Yeah. Talking about that on our, uh, off the clock
0: podcast. So check yeah, that out. Uh, right. all right, moving on. Negan searches a clothing store, finds a leather jacket to replace his old one, as well as a pack of wild dogs who chase him into a shelving unit. Uh, Eventually, they lose interest. He sprints out the back exit, leaving his stolen supplies behind. Uh, but he has won jacket richer. He is.
1: So I'm he's, surprised he's making he didn't some get... bad trades, too. I'm surprised he didn't. some Two things. Surprised he didn't go back to get Lucille this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, also surprised he didn't walk out of that store with a baseball bat. Because it was a sporting yeah. goods store, right? Surely. Although, I guess in a zombie apocalypse, you'd think that they loot like any kind of like melee weapon. That would be one of the first things to go. Like axes. Club, you know, uh, baseball bats, etc. But oh, I uh, thought it was
0: hilarious that like ninety five percent of the clothing in there is looted. What about the other five
1: percent? Is it just too ugly, like, or just not the right size for the people coming through? Or but even then, yeah. you're right. Like right. the that communities aren't out there grabbing it. Yeah, if I find a long sleeve medium in the zombie apocalypse, I'm thinking, ooh, base layer. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't just I don't just leave it there because it's all oh, it's a little tight, it's a little, t- it's really constricting my boobie. Now I'll stretch that shit out and it'll be my my warm base layer. Um, boy, speaking to people that get pissed off about dog deaths. Um, Negan throws a raging zombie at these threes, and here's the thing: I don't think one zombie can take out. A dog pack i really don't yeah like i don't even know that a, a zombie could take out a dog much less like a german shepherd alpha and his like two stall his two stalwart companions like i don't know this whole like the do- the walker growls you and then the dogs fall silent. It's like get the fuck out of here maybe they ran off maybe like you know fuck this yeah. fuck this rotten meat we're out of here but um yeah <laughs> i thought this is like i said pretty good action scene first like non-zombie action scene i can think of and one other thing were these real dogs or CGI? I assume they were real dogs. Maybe, or maybe, because like they got a performance out of one of them, uh, mm-hmm. like, when they were peeling off that I, like, it was a little uncanny valley, and it's so dark and grainy that I couldn't tell, but I'm wondering if, like, some, some of those shots, they did a little bit of, like, Babe Pig in the City, and, like, they had a real dog, but they composited and had him, like, look around or... You know, mm. signal the other dogs, but um, it it worked. It worked. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure actually that's surprised just, we don't see that. That's like a TikTok
0: filter or something,
1: right? They could just do that now by pointing sure, a camera yeah, at the dog. That's <laughs> true, that's true. They just hold they hold their iPhone in front of the camera, right? <laughs> and they just and then shoot the screen. That's of what it. they use for their. That's what they use for their effects. It's the only thing that makes sense.
0: Uh, so I I actually like what they're doing with Negan in these scenes. You know, he's out in this world. He thinks he's about to make his comeback. Is trying for return, and then he sees yep. these people along the way who clearly were on their own, had no mm-hmm. support, and blew their brains out because of it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's him now, right? Once he gets back to sanctuary, he's going to realize that, and this guy he sees in this sporting goods store is a representation of who he is now and his potential fate if he chooses that destiny. And I think, yeah, it's it's pretty good, like
1: visual non. Exposition storytelling, I liked it. Yeah, just his costume. He starts off as Rick Grimes, and he slowly, piece by piece, rebuilds himself into Negan. And his finds it just—it just doesn't fit, and yeah. this doesn't feel like home. Yeah, it's—it's really—it's really fucking good. I, mm-hmm. like I said, pretty good episode. All right, uh, Professor Stradivarius and Boston Rob decide to form a band called Symphony of
0: Awesome, consisting of one kazoo player and a vocalist. Uh, <laughs> can't wait can't fucking wait well, it's
1: it's been it's been 15 years since new music has been made so people are people are ready for it it's you know? true right kazoo and the right vocals Ooh, boy all they've heard Burning is up the charts
0: what was aaron or what what was jesus playing in the hilltop one of georgie's records it was like this really oh old...
1: yeah 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 i can't remember what it was mm-hmm. an odd choice they've not heard anything
0: since that apparently mm-hmm. Their plans are nearly ruined when their Kazooist is grabbed by a pair of walkers and Boston Rob has to save him. He realizes that the arrows they've been finding are Yumiko's breadcrumb trail. Uh, you know, she's mm-hmm. supposedly leaving them a trail here to find them. Uh, and that's, they spot that's a
1: very competent bow girl if you've been, uh, you know, just listening and not watching at home. <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
0: Uh, so they spot a herd moving south
1: and have to decide whether to turn back or keep going. Um, I, Boston Rob, what a spear throw holy yeah. moly yeah um that's like you know a, what a, a 10 yard throw and he he hits the dude right fucking in the o-ring of his head damn mm-hmm. um but i don't like how they're carrying these spears on these horses like how- i just kept on they? seeing like the spear is like attached to the front of a saddle and it goes the the tip is right at wrist level and the way he's holding the reins his wrist is like within inches like if that if that horse jerks his head into some direction, he's, like, wrist slit. Um, I don't know how oh you properly carry a spear. I don't think I've ever seen, like, someone with a spear sling. It seems like everyone always just kind of carried them in medieval times. And, like, when I see, like, Native Americans portrayed on the plains, I don't know if there's a if there's a great way to the, to carry these spears without hurting anybody. But this ain't it. Maybe, maybe sling it on your back or something. Uh, yeah, say Wouldn't you want to yeah, carry got... it vertically? Like... That's what they yeah but like but but maybe or maybe cover the spearhead so it's not like sharp right there in in your face but it, it gave me a lot of flashbacks to like uh, there's a scene where in like the season three or four where Glenn was riding shotgun with a shotgun and he had the shotgun between his legs and kind of pointed at his head and they're going down a bumpy road and I'm like well this is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, same thing. Not not quite as explosive but but same thing same energy. Sure.
0: Uh so then we oh yeah there's a pact made here where Boston Rob is going to sing at the fair if they find more errors and they do find more errors.
1: I do like that uh he's got the the professor here's got the subdued kind of Jack Black energy from School of Rock. It's okay. like yeah. Jack Black from School of Rock on half of Valium or something. Uh-huh. You know. It's a little bit mellow, a little less a little lower energy, but he's got that same kind of vibe to him. For sure.
0: Uh, So then the interrogation team manages to get absolutely nothing out of their prisoner. Uh, Afterward, Michonne says she's leaving first thing tomorrow. And Tara says the new survivors can stay in Hilltop.
1: Uh, Also, Daryl promises to get the prisoner to talk. It's really, and I I kind of like how they show, like, it's impossible to get good information if you're just interrogating one person. Because the proper way to interrogate people is to separate them and then question them individually, compare their stories, see where the inconsistencies are, use those to figure out the truth. But if you just got one person, you know, like even if you quote unquote break them through torture or deprivation or whatever, how the fuck do you know that that was the authentic break and that they gave you real information? And this episode kind of highlights that. Um, And I, like I said, I don't think the answers have been any better if uh, uh, she, she tortured him um, or he tortured because he just doesn't know he's got no baseline to know and, and also like Michonne's like you know why is this my is, is Michonne or Tara says this I think it's Michonne um, he, he's like you know why is it my responsibility to do this she says well you're just a good judge of character I feel like that kind of gets blown up too in this episode hmm. um although I guess Daryl doesn't really trust her he just kind of like yeah. stops for the day um, seems like it takes but a yeah. break I, I think he's going to yeah. get the record player and a copy of Easy Street and he's going to go to that town might on do it yeah yeah that might of course it didn't work on him but yeah he maybe she's not made of as strong stuff but uh i I like that them leaning tough on her was not immediately a, a font of accurate information yeah
2: we're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and ball move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret, Hush Hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's gonna be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers
0: Uh, So then the doctor resets Eugene's knee. Uh, Eugene worried that he might never get to say his piece if he doesn't do it now. Uh, Also probably realizing he's holding a pretty strong pity card at the moment. Decides to make a play for Rosita. She does not stick around to hear it, though. Leaving mid-sentence to vomit in the street, which before I found out the (laughs) real reason, I was like, yeah, that
1: seems right. Uh, No, it's really (laughs) funny. And what Eugene must think, too, before. Because he can hear her retching in the street, right? They make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He has to. If he if he hears this whispered conversation between her and Sadiq, where she's like, <laughs> right. "Look, I've literally slept with everyone but Eugene, and mm-hmm. we can't let him know because it'll break his heart like it broke his knee." Uh, I <laughs> what the hell, Eugene? Why? You know, she's with she's with Gabriel. This is. I mean, I guess shoot your shot. Tell someone how you feel. But come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, we it's better it than what he's been doing. Um, that's true. But I. Yeah, it's
0: there was never a chance there. There was never a chance. Come on.
1: The put the putting the knee back in the socket was pretty gruesome. That was a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of disgusting foley that they were doing to crunch that thing back into place. Yeah. I think he might need more than three weeks of compression to be good as new. Um I don't know. I'm telling you, knee like out of socket stuff is not as bad as it sounds. Huh. It's painful. I just feel like he- but like like the ligaments would have to have stretched, maybe even torn and like yeah, yeah you can get the the thing in the place but like everything around it eh, i don't know like i'm not a doctor and you know what Sadiq is so let us listen to him sure uh, i'm sure all the writers who worked on Sadiq's dialogue
0: uh, are also doctors so-, so she had
1: an existing just fucking fuck buddy friends with benefits re- relationship with Sadiq before Gabriel do you think Gabriel have a problem with this i mean is Gabriel going to have a problem that she was fucking Abraham? Like, it's before, right? Well, that was years ago. I mean, I don't know. It just depends. I, I, I'm trying to gauge, like, because, like, Gabriel is a little stuffy and old-fashioned in, in, in a certain way.
0: Let's just say I don't think he has any right to be upset about it.
1: Oh, I agree. But I'm just, yeah, and, and I hope they don't because, like, you know, I've kind of sort of liked Gabriel, and that's, like, a very new thing for me. Like, I got a, a couple of years of distance from his character, and I came back, and I'm like, okay, oh, he's kind of cool. But, yeah, if he starts that kind of... You know, jealous. I mean, fuck, Rickwood didn't even treat Shane like that. So, yeah, Yeah. what are you gonna do? Uh, He fathered all of his kids. So, (laughs) Uh, okay.
0: Um, yeah. So we didn't talk about this, but she says, yeah, she's pregnant, and it's Sadiq's baby. And also, Eugene hears that through the open, uh, an open window. It didn't really look open, but he heard it through the window.
1: That might be a key of why Eugene's taking a shot, because like it implies that this relationship with Gabriel is very new. Like, yeah, probably yeah. less than two months, so it's not maybe... And if Rosita has, like, these string of flings that she does, uh, you know, no, no strings attached relationships, maybe Eugene thinks he can get, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to make an emotional bid for the next one. I, I, so maybe maybe it's not as, like, goofy as I thought. I mean, um, it seemed... Ridiculous to me. Like, this whole thing. He's punching way outside his weight class for sure, but
0: you know, well, that, that I happens. I mean, as far as like the show perspective, like they've set up a love square. Like, the love triangle yeah. wasn't enough. Uh, they needed a fourth in the mix. Uh huh. And uh-huh. one of them is pregnant with a former lover's baby. And like, this is very, very soap
1: opera. Uh, well, yeah. I wonder, like, like, like these are essentially medieval vi- villages, right? And mm-hmm. that was kind of like everyone does have to kind of match up or stay alone forever. I don't know. Maybe they'll, Yeah. I don't know. Eugene's a lot. Eugene's a lot to put up with for anybody. Or or if
0: you're the 36 year old Boston Rob, you can just hook up with the girl who just turned like 16 or whatever.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah. You got to
0: wait until they grow into it, I guess. Oh, okay. Let's move on to digging Jesus grave. Um, Henry's breathing some free air but he's got to go back into a cell for another night and he apologizes for his stupid actions and wonders aloud who he is in this community uh, I oh. really really love the line from Daryl where Henry asks does, does alcohol
1: always make you feel this bad and Daryl says no but acting stupid does mm-hmm. yeah you can drink alcohol and not <laughs> feel like a wreck in the morning but if you drink a stupid amount of alcohol yeah yeah, and even, do even if you avoid things. doing stupid, even if you avoid doing stupid things, you're still going to yeah. have a hellacious hangover. So that's true. Um, good. Yeah, Daryl's preaching moderation, of course. You would have to. The man with zero kidneys. <laughs> Fair. Call but an endless number of charcoal, <laughs> charcoal filled bottles, right? Like. Oh yeah, yeah. You can swap them out.
0: Sure, I said that'd be easier than kidneys. A little more of a pain in the ass, but also oh, that's more true. reliable. That's
1: true. I just know they're re- they're efficient, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering, like. It'd be funny to see just like little threaded tap come out. You can just screw on a new one, you know, and it gets, uh-huh. gets, gets uh, too clogged up, too clogged up with the alcohol. I don't know what the sure. hell how kidneys work. I mean, you can't tell me that
0: they can build an entire mechanical hand, but they can't build
1: a mechanical kidney for Daryl. That's true. That's true. Or I mean, so, shit, he could, he could have anything. eight kidneys. Like just how many yeah. bottles can you strap to him? Right. Well, it's or like every time someone dies in the the hilltop, they just do a cross match DNA thing and like, hey, hey, there's two kidneys up for grabs. Who needs them? It's Daryl. You know, <laughs> the man gave kidney two collection? kidneys. Let's give him six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, but this this
0: Henry stuff. I do you want to talk any more about it, or you know, Henry's just having nah, a hard time it, it, finding out who, figuring out who he is.
1: Yeah. um I get that you know he had a very special role in the kingdom he was the prince right mm-hmm. Um, so in here to Hilltop he ain't shit and the kids now hate him and the adults aren't sure about him and he's trying to do his virtuous thing where you know he he blew up his relationship with the kids but he's not going to snitch on him so he's got to figure it out and I, I really like the line later on with the, that Daryl delivers but well, we'll, we'll wait to I don't want to steal that scene's thunder okay Then we go back to Negan, who makes it to the sanctuary to find it completely
0: abandoned. Uh, He smashes a wall, finds nothing useful. There's a bike back there, which I think he gets later, uh, including Mm -hmm. a walker named Big Richie. Uh, Big Richie. I feel like you could maybe have had a more identifiable sanctuary member than
1: Big Richie. (laughs) It's the dregs left now. Yeah, I I actually looked it up to see if this guy was someone that we should have recognized, but no. I'm like, man, it's too bad that they didn't have one or two of the top lieutenants that kind of survived the conflict. Like, imagine yeah. Simon, right. imagine Zombie Simon showing up. That would be that would be a real thing. Like, you could have like a whole monologue with him. But like Big mm-hmm. Richie, Big Richie ain't shit, you know. Yeah. and and I'm glad well, he's not even didn't, that big. No, nah, he's like maybe even an inch shorter than maybe that's the joke. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, there's there's Richie and he's a lot bigger than him. So they call him Big Richie as a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, But I I don't know. I thought uh, it would have been painful to watch him try to build a relationship with this zombie that we don't even know. Yeah. So it's just another kind of like reminder that it gave him a shot in the arm because he had this kind of, like, gallows humor about, oh, look at you, loyal to the end. But you look around, the sanctuary is this damp, abandoned, just wreck. Mm-hmm. And it's his legacy. And there's a lot of stuff here where he's, like, going around and seeing, like, the withered tomatoes and the abandoned potting. Like, this, like, nothing could grow here. Yeah. You know, he's he's in this paradise civilization and he goes back to the thing that he founded and it's just a fucking a post-apocalyptic hellscape. And, again, right. they don't make this point. It's all... Non visual story, or it's all purely visual storytelling, but that's why it was really, really effective. Right. Right. They, they exercised a little bit of restraint
0: in this scenario.
1: And Jeffrey Dean Morgan's good. He's, oh, yeah. re, he's a good actor. So, like, he's, he's entirely capable of, of carrying these scenes uh mm-hmm. where he's just walking through abandoned places. You know, it's like watching, it's like watching someone play The Last of Us, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I can't help but notice all I'm playing that currently. Dude, and there's just so same. many similarities same yeah yeah like, when he's going through that sporting goods store it's like i was just there in seattle man <laughs> <laughs> or, or that that scene where you're talking about interrogating prisoners like
0: there's a way yeah. to do this where if you have a couple of people you can actually identify truth from fact
1: and yeah, yeah it's, it's good um yeah it's, these video games teach us how to be psychopaths jim sure we're, i'm we're ready ready we're gonna be ready the, for the apocalypse, apocalypse. yep gonna be hard
0: all right uh michonne packs up as I'm gonna call him one hand Luke. I know this I know this uh joke might not hit <laughs> after potentially this being cool hand Luke instead of two hand Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I'm talking about Aaron here. Uh he apologizes for not well, see, being on board.
1: That metal hand, I mean metal, probably cool to the touch. Cool, cool hand cool hand Aaron. Yeah. For You're sure, right. for sure.
0: Uh he apologizes for not being on board with her isolationist policies before now, and she says she's sorry for his loss of Jesus. Daryl comes down from his penthouse suite, which is just the loft in the barn. I should,
1: love it; it's so good. I love it. The whole like, tell me you didn't sleep in there. It's like, what the penthouse suite? Like, it's it's great. It's great, oh, yeah. and it works because of these characters. The, and how this long show, we show
0: them? If they finally know what to do with with Dirty Daryl, like, just yeah. make him as as like loner, disgusting, like you know, competent, and and they've done that all throughout the series, but like. Yeah, just push him into a weird zone. I'm totally cool with he's, Daryl going into that.
1: He's feral. Like they yeah. they probably poured him a, a hot bath and soft bed. And he went in there, and looked at it, and went nah, <laughs> and he went and, and went to the penthouse. Like he's, uh-huh. I love it.
0: I love it. Uh, Michonne says she's worried that the search party hasn't returned yet, and encourages Daryl, Daryl to resort to extreme tactics to get the information they need out of their prisoner. Uh, I, I also love this pickup truck turned wagon that they're using. That's pretty awesome. And I didn't notice yeah. it before, but they must have been using it the last few episodes. which is
1: hilarious because like the dude couldn't copy the wagon uh-huh. he's like i you know what I you know what I can do i I can cut this truck in half uh-huh. uh well to hitch well well to weld to hitch to it there you go that's all you need you don't need this constant to know it you can't too many syllables you can't pronounce that uh truck wagon that's what we want it's like truck wagon only truck it's a truck wagon <laughs> okay. yeah this this is the least confident like all he can make is wrought iron do you like, do you see the jail sale? It's mm-hmm. just recycled wrought iron fencing. He can't yeah. even fucking be like cold rolled iron. He's gotta go rot. Like it's he can't it's, make a straight kind of bar of steel. No. He can't no. do it. This blacksmith is he can, a barely jerk. Do, he can he can barely manage hinges, apparently. So like, yeah, this is a this guy this guy, if a real blacksmith ever shows up, he's gonna be in trouble. Oh yeah. Or if Henry ever cracks a book, he's done. It's true. It's true. He's coming for you.
0: Uh Yeah, so this is a scene where I was worried that they're going to start morgalizing over, uh, you know, integrating new survivors like Aaron's the new Michonne, Michonne's the new Aaron, and then Maggie's going to be back in another two seasons to start this whole process right. over again.
1: Right, just in time for Tara to die. And yeah. yeah,
0: I hope that doesn't happen, but we'll see
1: it seems like they're doing a lot better job of avoiding those because there's so many places in the season where I've seen the exit ramp for them to go into the walking dead spiral and they have refused to put on their turn signal and they kept on trucking down the highway. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's, and honestly the pacing in which they've revealed this kind of whisperer plot, I thought has been really effective too. So yeah, I I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, and I'm really enjoying where we're at right now. I will say this crew under Angela Kang has,
0: Definitely got a stronger grasp on the fundamentals of storytelling.
2: Well, it's
1: so funny because we just did this. Uh, was it last? Yeah, it was last week we did the chaos on the bridge. The is a, mm-hmm. a documentary on the first two seasons, the Next Generation, and like everyone remarks at how much better this the third gen this third season and on is from the first two seasons. And apparently, it was a showrunner that just came on and said, "You know what? Instead of just doing like, you know, plot generated." Planet of the Week, Monster of the Week—bullshit. Let's all focus it on the characters. Amazing, uh-huh. and I feel like Kang's doing the same thing. Like, you know, what story are we wanting to tell about these characters? Um, and what, what, how is the plot serving that? And it's just such a simple—it's it, this. You gotta—it's—it's fo- always—it's always always about the characters. That's why we watch these shows. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if we just want to watch stuff happen. We'd watch, you know, how how does this get made? We'd watch. Nova Channel we'd watch documentaries and stuff but we want to see characters um interacting and prevailing and, lo- and 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 this so far this season they've given us a healthy dose of that and and in between
0: you know the the big high emotional moments for characters you can also do the stuff uh, that we were talking about like how how do they build this community you know how yeah. how do they build a windmill how like all those little things that can't support a show on their own can all can yeah. add flavor to the you know the drama that the characters generate Next up is Negan creating a living room in the abandoned sanctuary, uh, then starts clearing the grounds of walkers, including Big Richie.
1: Poor Big Richie, we barely knew ya. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I mean it, it's it's, you know, pretty clear though. It's not said uh, what Negan is feeling in this moment, right? We've we've talked about it before, and I don't want to go too on too long about it, but they do a, an effective job in these few scenes that they show with Negan just showing him progressively more disillusioned with the old life. Um, and the, you know, really just taking note of the impossibility of going back to that. Even if he yeah. wanted to.
1: Yeah. Like how, what would you even do? Like, yeah. how do you, you know, get a crew? You lure him back to this place. It's a pile of shit. He sits at the head of his table, but he doesn't have a crew like that. Like when he says that, he kind of slumps and says, well, shit, like that was like, man, this, that damn, And plus, um, you know, that that like the words of Judith, you could tell like there's nothing for you out here. That's something they didn't tell it. You know, I don't think they even told it once until the very end when he's actually telling yeah. Judith. But like you, I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when well, let's get to the next scene. And, well, and you can't help but also think about,
0: you know, Judith, Judith's other words. If you come back here, I'm going to shoot you. And I, I believe her. Right. Uh, yeah. So he's thrown away a shot. Right. Like he he had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had. Right. Hamiltoning again. I know. I got Hamilton on the brain. I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> uh he, he threw away his shot by leaving this community, refusing to uh stick around, become a better person, and he thought he was gonna come back and be king shit of the sanctuary again. Turns out that was a pipe dream. Um and now he's not able to go back, right? You know, right. that that's gotta be what's going through his head, and I think you know he gets lucky by the end of the episode, but
1: And that's when he uh, when he goes there and he goes out and clear. He clears the yard and then he looks at the compass and he said Judith Grime. Like I just got this this is like the last battle was fought like seven years ago underneath that stained glass tree. But mm-hmm. this is when Rick won the war. Like yeah. this moment right here where he's like, just this ain't working out. And he goes back. Like this is this is everything that Rick was trying to talk about and do. Like this is him finally winning mm-hmm. and defeating Negan, not just physically, not just militarily but spiritually and emotionally too. And ideologically. And like his idea yeah. of a community is better than Negan's. like, And it works better. Yeah. Um, Negan's ideology leads to this. Rick's ideology leads to this flourishing wonderland. So it's it's really great narrative. Mm-hmm. Well done.
0: All right, the hilltop holds a funeral for Jesus, which sends Daryl into the dungeon to interrogate the prisoner again. He growls at her and she spills her guts, saying they wore the skins to stay safe because the walls weren't getting the job done, and it's uh, an us or them world now. And he calls her a liar, but decides not to kill her, locking her back up instead. And before leaving, Daryl tells Henry to wise his ass up, and Daryl mm. leaves, and then the prisoner thanks Henry for saving her,
1: and they begin to bond. And mm. and Daryl
0: thinks outside.
1: Yeah, I... um So... Well, obviously, there's a pack of lies being told by Lydia. If that is her real name, mm. um, I don't think the ideology stuff is part of it. I think she gave that. That seems true, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, walls are not what make you strong, um, and people can't be trusted. So, they the zombies keep us safe, and we keep. Them. But but how do you live? Like, where do you? When do you eat? How do you take shits? What do you like? I I guess bathing is probably not a high priority. Yeah. But like, it's oh, true. You can ride just take a shit, but like, are they eating people are just not in, there's cer- certainly not enough people in a, like if a zombie herd falls upon a straggler and tear them apart, there's not enough food to, f- to feed all those people. So like they have to have some place where they can go where they're physically safe, that they can do their human shit. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, maybe it's just like, they're not ever going to deal with that. It's just going to be uh, you know, rule of cool. It's just, but, but I, I wonder, I, I really do hope they, they answer some of these questions. Um, Because if not, these things won't ever be as cool as I think they could be.
0: No, it's, uh, yeah, I I
1: didn't even think about how they eat. Because, yeah, you can't eat in front of walkers, they'll know. Or sleep. Like, when you you Mm -hmm. go off, because you can't just walk tirelessly forever. There's a couple things that you have to do as a person that um, zombies are not going to give you a chance. And, like, how do you disengage? Like, so if you're in the middle of a zombie herd leading them around, how do you disengage from that? Right. Because if you peel off in a direction, they're going to peel off after you. Because just that's what stop moaning.
0: I, I I guess you would you would trade, right? You'd be like it'd be a shift change. So like uh-huh. you'd slow down, uh someone else would take your place at the front who's oh, fresh you and you kind ready. of
1: fall to the Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep leading. I wonder if that's what the you. circles are for. Like when they're yeah. milling around in a circle, if that's when like someone takes the lead and the other one falls back and then they lead them off and the other zombie just stands there. And then I guess um, you could
0: go get some food and some sleep, but
1: Yeah, but then, but where do you scavenge? Because you're not growing anything, and scavenging has got to be pretty, pretty uh, uh, tough to do nowadays. I yeah, Yeah. the food thing, I guess, is the biggest question, and I I hope they deal, they deal with that. Yeah, um,
0: I, I don't know. the The philosophy of them is interesting. Uh, they're, they're kind of stuck, you know, oddly enough, in an old world mentality, like this us versus them. Like the worst of us in this world already think of the world in terms of us first or me versus you or us versus Mm -hmm. them, that kind of thing. Um, I guess the apocalypse just threatens to make that worse. And we've Mm -hmm. seen some communities sort of double down on that, like a sanctuary. We've seen other communities, uh, you know, flirt with the idea of not doubling down on that. And then maybe doubling down on that anyway, like Michonne seems to have, you know, been affected by Rick's disappearance, uh, into kind of doubling down on that idea but yeah it's i don't know the the ways in which the apocalypse is influencing people differently is sort of interesting Mm -hmm. no i think so i think you're you're dead on um and then i i wonder in this scene at the end when when daryl leaves henry and her alone and she begins bonding with him uh is she playing him is daryl playing both of them uh Mm. henry i think is the only one in this equation who doesn't have the ability to play anyone <laughs>
1: yeah no he's, like he's, he's figuring so himself
0: out he doesn't have time to figure someone else out
1: yeah uh that's a good question like if is daryl using henry to like interrogate lydia you know like she's yeah. got to give him like she gave him already something that he didn't give now it could again do i believe that her name is actually lydia um on the other hand I don't know. Also, that's that's kind of weird too that they don't have names. Um, Why would that be useful? In like, it seems like having some kind of identifier that you could whisper to be like, "Hey, you, go left. I need a break." You know, what do you do Uh if there's like twelve people here? Are you talking to me? No, the other person to your left. (laughs) Like what? There are three people to my left too. Which one? Yeah, but it also kind of reminds me of, like Game of Thrones, The Unsullied, how you know they didn't have names; they just they just pick pebbles out of the hats, and that was their you know oh, I'm gray worm today, you're red red flea or something. Uh, maybe it's kind of like a dehumanizing, like ultra collective, you know, that like we are a zombie and what do zombies do? And mm. I, I, like I said, that that could be some interesting uh, world building that they do too. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with it. But if yeah. if Daryl is using Lydia to kind of, or using Henry to kind of like as a wedge for getting information out of Lydia. Pretty,
0: pretty fucking smart. And she could be doing
1: the exact wonder, same, right? Like, yeah,
0: use using Henry True. to get information that she doesn't currently have about the
1: community. Yeah. I'm also wondering, um, like what will Hilltops appetite for being patient to let Daryl get the information out of it? Cause like they clearly want blood. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll also like maybe they'll need a hostage exchange as we'll see in the scene up, up ahead. Yeah. Brett Butler uh, inciting violence once again. hmm.
0: She's she seems to be an antagonist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice. that We got a familiar face that like some now in the hilltop. We know there there are people and they've got names and even Boston Rob is going to be harder and harder to call him Boston Rob because they na- they said his name like 12 times this episode. Right. I still uh, don't remember it, but. Because I was thinking Boston <laughs> Rob every time they said it. His name is All Don. All Don. Yep, he's, uh, yeah, he's All Don. It's it's uh, you know because he's 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 he just idolizes Don Draper. So yeah, tells people to call mm. me All Don. Yeah. Okay, that explains the the grease back hair.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, let's go to Negan riding his bike on the open road, where somehow Judith is waiting for him. She blasts the bike out from under him, Uh, and then he it's gives her back sweet. her compass. Says she was she was right. There's nothing
1: outside of Alexandria for him. I I also like Man. the the or the, the I'm sure it's like uh you know I told you told you you uh, sh- I'd, I'd shoot you if you came back. He's like sure as shit, and she's like language. I'm a kid, asshole. I I like I don't know. I'm a sucker for that stuff. It reminds me Goonies, to be honest. Hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, this this scene just felt weird to me it's it's Hmm. i don't know how fast is he driving down this road she blasts the bike out from under him he's fine uh yeah he he's talking to a girl who seems to be you know so young she shouldn't be able to deliver insightful wisdom about the world to a man 50 years her senior or whatever um i i don't know how did she find him who let her out
1: I think it's, that like they mentioned that like the whole community's out looking for him because everyone's aware that he's escaped now. The entire like, community—they the he- left no well, one but, in Alexandria but think to guard all the, the gate. Hitter- well, all that they left behind was Gabriel, right? When they all went out to do the hilltop thing, wasn't that established? So like it's Gabriel and some, a bunch of mooks that are out holding Alexander's so that are all out. And she's also, I I'm willing to say that, that Judith might be the anti-Carl. The reason it was a bad idea to let Carl run out is because he was a child of the old world that mm-hmm. didn't understand how dangerous it was. And it was uniquely um, a, a Lori thing in that community to let him run wild. Like Judith is a lot like all these kids. Well, maybe except for the the sheltered hilltop kids, but like Judith seems like she's got she's always got a sword and a gun. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy to let a ten year old girl run around with that big of a gun. They do it, so uh, that she also goes on raids and like you know patrols the area with the adults. Like I feel like she's just like a little woman, you know. Um, and that's okay. what reminds me of like my my niece because like you know my niece is like gets up at six a.m. and does chores and shit. Like you know m- mucks out horse bar uh, horse stables and things like. Nice. I, and it reminds me of like the little kids in like the Master and Commander series. It's like if you mm. at, at start working at five or six, you know, by the time you're nine or ten, you might have a surprising amount of adult skill sets, just because you pick it up. You know, you're you're still like. I, I also think that they do show Judith of being a little naive because this could have gone a different way. Like Negan could have gone out there, found his bat, started you know rounding up a crew, and returned with a vengeance, and then Judith would be the stupid little girl um so sure. I, I don't know she's just a right blend of naive but also clearly capable um mm-hmm. because i don't know that's way michonne raised her um yeah. to be to be tough and resilient so i i and, and yeah i'll also let it, it's it's hollywood and the rule of cool like mm-hmm. i would much rather see this type of uh girl um than like you know what was the one that carol had to blow the head off of you know oh uh, look at the uh, flowers what's your face yeah lizzie Lizzie, that sounds yeah, right. I'd, I'd I'd much rather see that than another crazy kid that is you know can't be controlled or a kid that's like just doesn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Like I, I'd rather them go air and make her a little bit too badass and adult than make her too annoying and stupid. So sure, good job Judith Grimes for taking care of Negan here.
0: I mean, yeah, she definitely handles him. uh <laughs> not, not sure how she found him, but. Sure. I
1: also love I also love how the like the 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 gun just like the recoil just like it just blow her arms go right up to the sky when she shoots it like it's yeah yeah hmm. it's she's not one hand in it like old Rick did yeah uh
0: so the prison prison tats join Zenith on the wall and they bond over their mutual fear that their slam pieces won't return from the mission mm-hmm. uh nothing much to say about oh. that scene.
1: All new love: Gabriel and Rosita, Enid and Boston, Rob. Uh, apparently, Magna and the Professor—they're all this uh, coupled up in the last few weeks or so. Interesting, interesting. Will yeah. make a lot of romance at this fair if everyone makes it through. Jim, a real I, magical time. I cannot wait for this fair. Uh, Symphony it's be like a of Riverdale Boston. episode. Do you think they'll do it like in the soft lighting? And there'll be candles everywhere, and people will be dancing and rosita's got her arms around gabriel well, and i'm hoping to z- see a whole like
0: day to night uh transition which is something you know the walking dead doesn't traditionally do <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah but i'd like to no see a fair that
0: extends from you know the 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 mid-afternoon until the late evening uh and we can get you know rage a couple days of, yeah you have you have the the mellow stuff later at night but you have the craziness yeah. during the
1: day people are partying yeah and, you, you got tournaments and and uh, yeah. mock combat and wrestling matches and knife juggling and then at night it's all about now I guess it's all about kazoo's, kazoo's and I was going to say Roms, if it's all going to be a bunch of the uh, Wumba kazoo ba- harmony band then that's not you, that's that's two of the romantic partners out there performing and not dancing so they can do their I performance during the day we can bring in the record player for the nighttime event. <laughs> well if the whispers join them maybe it'll be like uh you know boston rob's like uh he's got the kazoo he's like hey uh i need a break he hands the kazoo off to the lead chumba and he just kind of falls to the back and then he starts dancing this is sure show it's uh it's, it's it's uh it's an eternal rager you just go work it in shifts uh <laughs> the yeah, whispers it's... will teach him that
0: i don't know whatever the... they do I just hope that's the key it.
1: party adaptation. That's the key party adaptation that you got to, you got to do the rager and shifts, man. You gotta oh, yeah. just like, you know, as, as some people fall back, other people got to step up, keep it going
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, so the last scene is symphony of awesome surrounded by a group of intelligent walkers who have been luring them in with the arrows. Uh turns out this was not Yumiko. This was it, it, there. There are some incredible leaps, uh, some incredible assumptions they have to make that the, the two hand Luke here, would know what Yumiko's arrows look like in such detail that I'd he could say that. this is a trail, but they have to—they have to believe that, right? They don't know anything about their relationship. They—they they know nothing about these people. They have to assume, okay, they are going to know that these arrows
1: are a trail. But she shot a bunch of them. I mean, I yeah, it—it it seems like plausible. It seems like something that these zombies would try as a gambit, and seems something like you could something try, that yeah. this yeah yeah. um, and uh, I also thought there's a beautiful establishing shot that you know we we just complained that we don't see dawn well here they were out there through the night, had to spend the night because they let the uh the zombie herd divide them, and we see the sun coming up behind the trees. It's kind of sh- shining through there. I thought that was a really nice establishing shot that like this is yeah early in the morning. Mm-hmm. um, so I'm wondering if the the lead zombie here that says the trail ends here is this Lydia's mom? The, the lonely old nice lady in the woods is stuck here. Or... Uh, well, I was thinking that when they first encountered them and there was one that they showed, I was like, okay, this must be your mom. But then they mm. showed a whole bunch of them. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And and no real zombies around. So there has to be no. a way for them to to, to detach and, and do non zombie stuff. Again, yeah. can't wait to find out more about these people. Like, I... These are the opposite of the trash people. I want to know everything about them or the trash people. But it's just, no, just let's not. Oh, God, we're at the dump again. Uh... Yeah. It, it seems to me fundamentally
0: stranger uh to live in a junkyard and develop a trash religion than to wear the skins of walkers for some reason (laughs)
1: yeah because where what is the point of the other like they're just doing trash art Mm -hmm. you know it's not a viable lifestyle i guess it's like uh, an eternal stinkier burning man Mm -hmm. versus this is an ideology the world's changed it's ran by the zombies So we can either beat our head against this new world order or we can fucking join them. And Mm -hmm. it's like a rational choice in, in this crazy world. Um, and, uh, it's not the one I would like to make. I'd like to try to make the Alexander thing happen, but I can see a person doing that, especially if some of the other stuff that Lydia was saying, if that is her real name is true too, about like how if you go and like you try camp after camp wall after wall, kind of like the, the fucking new guys did. Um, you know the idea that like oh we're going to finally find the one that's safe versus you know what let's just dress up like zombie you can't beat him join him um it's i just think it's yeah. interesting
0: and i do wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a a philosophical argument that they're going to have uh, over that because like you mentioned those new people you know they they've made a point of saying like oh this is going to be just like the last place and the place before that yes. and the place before that so and that's been yeah. true of even our survivors right every time yes. they get to a terminus or a woodbury they realize, oh, actually this isn't heaven, it's hell. Uh yeah.
1: Th- they could definitely go down that road again.
0: Uh and even also- in
1: early goings to Alexander when Negan showed up, it turned that, that paradise turned into a hell real quick. So yeah. yes, this, you know, the the what they got at Hilltop and Alexander right now very much an aberration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh this seems to be the season of search parties.
0: I think we've had at least three already and surely Enid and prison tats are going out for their slam pieces, yeah. right? Like next episode and, for sure. They're out,
1: they're out the gates. Yeah. And it's also a good way to get the gang back together because, you know, you've got this isolationist stance. Well, what can all possibly bring them out? Well, if they're always looking for people that are important to them. Yeah. Um, and it's also, you know, like I think the temptation to be let the FNGs go out and do it themselves, but then they've been such model citizens that the rest of the people are going to be compelled to go out and probably help them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's like a, with this whisperers leading these masses of zombies against like these walled cities. It reminds me a lot of like uh, Helm's Deep and the Lord in the middle Lord of the Rings film. Like I could see, imagine these these this a team of zombies, teeming throng of zombies marching on these walled cities at night. It's raining. They're led by the. I, I think this is going to be fucking cool. Um, and and yeah. right into Walking Dead's execution wheelhouse. I feel like at some point. When do you cut your
0: losses? You send out a search party, that search party yeah. goes missing. You send out another search party, they lose a member, come back with one, there's still another out there, send another Probably search party. Probably pretty
1: quick. It, Especially since isolationist it seems like it's the dominant theory right now. And, and I think it's like kind of the ultimate. Like what are the wolves or wolves, uh, what are the
0: whisperers gonna do if you just stay behind your your gated walls and live your life in your community? Like they're not gonna come to your walls because that's where you just destroy them right like
1: i don't know they Can would have to try like, like... i
0: guess to to mm. wrangle up enough walkers to bust down your walls yeah which i you. think
1: would be like if you had a thousand walkers and you, you put them on the one spot and even if like they k- successfully killed them all um you build like you know a world war z style ramp of dead zombies like that's the thing the reason zombies are not as big a threat is cuz they're stupid mm. the second they can be directed then they can they can be kind of scary and i like i said that's it's it's a really nice innovation and hats off to uh old robert kirkman for coming up with this uh before he apparently ran out of ideas i guess <laughs> cuz it's my understanding the walking dead stopped well short of its promised uh story arc conclusion yeah. um, but i mean this is this is a pretty This is a pretty late, impressive late game innovation, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, you've had human threats, you've had zombie threats, you know, the idea that you can direct and, and, uh, and, and this is something that naturally evolved out of the rules of the universe that they've already taught us about how zombies work. So I, I, pretty, pretty impressive late game pull. And that's it.
0: The episode is over.
1: Yeah, that does uh, wrap things up. If you walk to send, if you walk, if you walk to send feedback, you can do so at walking dead or watching dead at baldmove.com watching dead at baldmove.com you can also discuss the latest episode and your thoughts on it and our coverage uh overall at our forums at forums.baldmove.com and of course follow along uh everything we do at at Bald move on social media uh, if you want to not miss the latest latest release and uh, all the new stuff we're working on because we're doing new stuff all the time as we've alluded to and uh, this year throughout this year episode um yeah, it's it feels good to be like honestly excited to watch the next episode of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm uh man, I might have to start watching these two or three times. <laughs> oh no. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really digging it, man. I like I can't I can't I, I couldn't bear to miss a a bicycle powered washing machine. Because I'm taking notes or something, uh, I, gotta, I feel I gotta like drink it all
0: in. Th- there's there's some correlation here between your renewed interest in The Walking Dead and the abject lack of television on right now.
1: <laughs> you might you might not be too far wrong. You know, if you've been subsisting uh, on stories that you've already watched many times before to get any kind of and something anything dramatically interesting and new with familiar characters, it's it's uh, you might be onto something, Jim. You might be onto something. Could be. But we'll be back next week and until then i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya